more on the boldness of grace. I have written more boldly to you on some points because of the grace given to me by God. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Romans 15, 15 and 2 Corinthians 7, 4. Good morning, good morning. Today is the ninth day of December. It is Saturday, currently 54 degrees and cloudy. And uh, looks like a high of 68 today. A little warmer, but uh, it looks like rain showers a little bit this morning and then a bigger chance uh, later on this afternoon or this evening on into tomorrow. And uh, let's uh, pray and we'll get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day and thank you for uh, uh, the rain, Lord. I just ask that it wouldn't be a hindrance to anybody, but Lord, we know uh, the... uh, Earth needs it here, the the ground, the water supply, and we're so thankful that we have water to drink, Lord, and clean water, uh, Lord, in in abundance uh, here where we are. And what a blessing that is. There are are places on this planet that uh, water is pretty scarce, Lord, and so thank you for that. And Father, we just ask that you be with us uh, right now as we get into this lesson. Lord, we just ask for your uh, direction, your guidance, Lord, and whatever we're doing today, just just keep us safe, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's read uh, Romans chapter 15 this morning. Titled, The Example of Christ. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, and he who arises to rule the Gentiles in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another, but on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. 
By word and deed, by the power and signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit in God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Lycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I made it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while, at present, however, I am going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I leave for Spain by way of you, I know that when I come to you, I will be in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, so that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. More on the boldness of grace. When the grace of God is at work in the lives of his people, spiritual boldness is a common result. This was clearly the testimony of the early church. They spoke the word of God with boldness. And great grace was upon them all, Acts chapter 4. The Apostle Paul experienced this same boldness as he ministered to the grace of God. I have written to more boldly to some of I have written more boldly to, to you on some points because of the grace given to me by God. Paul's letter then often displayed the boldness of grace. Romans was no exception. As he applied the radical truths of the gospel of grace given in the earlier chapters of Romans, he spoke with characteristic boldness. His exhortation to lay our lives on God's altar is a prime example. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12. His call to be clothed in Christ, leaving no room for fleshly tendencies, is another notable instance of boldness. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in licentiousness and lewdness, for the flesh to fulfill its lusts, Romans 13. His pronouncement concerning the Lord's ownership of our lives is one more illustration of the boldness of grace. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's, Romans 14. Great is my boldness of speech toward you, wrote Paul in the saints, to the saints at Corinth. Just prior to this confession of boldness, he had given a radical request to be separate from the defilements of the world, to 
Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord is Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, 2 Corinthians 6. Yes, God's grace works boldness into our lives. Dear Father, we praise you for the radical nature of you and your truth. We thank you for the boldness that your grace can bring into our lives by your grace at work in us. Cause us to think, pray, speak, and act in godly boldness. For your glory, grant us, we pray, a boldness that is confident, but not arrogant, daring, but not reckless, uncompromising, but not harsh, unrelenting, but not insensitive, fearless, but not unloving. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all today. You guys have an amazing day, and uh, God bless.